Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 4 Pick'em Podcast brought to you by our friends at DoorDash, Pepsi, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, what a day for sports. Great day. We had eight M- we have eight MLB playoff games going on, kind of like March Madness. Lakers, our Lakers are back in the finals. Game one tonight versus Heat. I'm excited for that. NFL starting up again tomorrow, so it's been a great week of sports. Yeah, we had Jets-Broncos tomorrow to look forward to, a real barn burner there. Um, But yeah, how are you feeling about the Lakers ahead of uh, Game 1 here? I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, The Heat are a tough opponent. I'm not going to say take them lightly. I've heard a lot of people make the comparison to 2004 when the Lakers lost to the Pistons. You know, that Pistons team was really balanced. I mean, I I see the comparisons there. I think the Heat are really good and can beat the Lakers. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. But I think with LeBron and AD, it's just going to be too much. Rondo's been great in the playoffs for them. And I heard LeBron say this yesterday that the bubble has felt like five years being there. He's never been more locked in. I'm just thinking there's no way he's losing this finals given everything that happened with Kobe, the shutdown, everything else going on. There's no way they're losing. No, I agree. And I think the nail in the coffin for me was I was listening to Simmons' new podcast. He took the heat in six. And it's like, okay, they're they're just getting maybe a little too much love here. Um, So... 
he's of course biased as a Celtics fan, but I agree. LeBron AD are too much. I know the the rest of the pieces are not as good as the Heat's role players. Um, and Bam does scare me a little bit guarding AD, but I just think they're on a mission. They've been isolated in Orlando for a couple months now. It's it's kind of a coordination, I think, at this point, and it's going to be for Kobe. So. We'll see what happens there, but I, I like them. I think I like them tonight even. I think they're five-point favorites um, in that one. Uh, but, Tyler, shall we get into NFL Week 4 here? Yeah, I just want to make a quick point on the finals. AD on bet online is plus 325 to be finals MVP. I know LeBron, you know, whenever his team's in the finals, he wins finals MVP. But, I don't know, I think AD 325 is great value what's, to get in. What's, uh, what's LeBron and what's Bam? LeBron was minus one seventy. Bam mm-hmm. is seven to one. Jimmy Butler is eight to one. I think that's interesting. Drogic twenty eight to one. The, like we said, the Heat anyone could beat you. And you know we saw in the Celtics series and the Bucks series, it seemed like a different guy every night. Drogic is their leading scorer in the playoffs. I think getting him at twenty eight to one. If you think the Heat are going to win, it's worth taking a flyer. So I just noticed those um, before we had started. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you think the Lakers are going to win, just take LeBron to an MVP because their series price, it's like minus three-something. So you get LeBron at minus 170. I think AD would need an absolute like, Herculean effort to get over LeBron. Um, but, okay, let's get into the lines here. NFL Week 4 is upon us. Tyler, year-to-date on our picks. I am 9-6. and six. You are 7-8. and eight. Um, I know you're a big numbers guy, which is better. Um, you know, you're you're beating me so far. It's it's yeah. early. It's you know, we're through three weeks. It's we're still getting in. We didn't have a preseason. I've been taking these as my preseason. Uh, we both went four and one uh, last week. We're both two and one on our locks, so that's good. Um, so I'm I'm starting to heat up, diving even deeper into the numbers. We have more of a sample size now, starting to get a feel of the layout. So I feel good. If you want to take you know your title after three weeks, that's fine. Um, no, just championships it's important are, to check him. It's important to check him. That's championships all. are won in uh, December and January here. So if you want to celebrate after week three, <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to it. I got a, got another week to win here. So first game off the top, we have the Indianapolis Colts in Chicago, Tyler, your homeland. Uh, the Bears are plus two over under, and this one is 45 um, we know what happened with the Bears last week. We we spoke about it. Nick Foles, the Wizard himself, led them in a ferocious comeback versus Atlanta. They outscored them twenty and nothing in the fourth. The Bears somehow are sitting here undefeated at three and zero, two and one against the spread. They did lose Tariq Cohen last week. Uh, he's out for the year now. I do think that's a big loss for them. Uh, Colts, Marlon Mack is still out. Paris Campbell's hurt. Um, but the Colts have kind of they they had that bad Week One loss versus the Jags with which eliminated a lot of people in survivor pools. But they've taken care of business the last couple of weeks, beating up on the Vikings and Jets. Tyler, are you gonna fade Nick Foles this week? I think so. I, I hate going against the Wizard himself. He pulls these games out of nowhere. Like you said last week, he came in and was incredible, and he threw. He threw three touchdowns, and, like, one was called back. Um, they said, I think Anthony Miller dropped it. Another one, you know, they originally ruled a touchdown, then his interception. Like, he could have had five in that game. So he, he was really good. Um, but I, I really like the Colts in this spot. I think the Bears are so lucky to be 3-0. 
Um, as I said, I did an even deeper dive this week into the numbers, and I found these stats on football outsiders, and I think it speaks to how lucky the Bears have been. They have a stat um, time leading in games uh, for the year. The Bears were in 25th in that stat, so they've barely been winning in these games. And then they're in the bottom they're in the bottom 10, thank you. The other nine teams that constitute the bottom 10 have four wins combined. So the Bears are pretty lucky to be in the spot where they're 3-0. Hats off to them. They've came alive in the fourth quarter, but this is the best team they've played so far. Can't get behind versus the Colts like that. And the Bears' defense, it's not the same defense it was two years ago. They're 27th in pressure rate. Cleo Mack hasn't been as great as he was that first year on them. So I don't think it's that same defense. Their their run defense hasn't been great. They've allowed the third most explosive runs this year. So I think it's going to be a lot of Jonathan Taylor in this game. Colts trying to control the ball. And Frank Reich is a really good coach. So, yes, it's tough going uh, with Phil Rivers as a road favorite. But I really like the Colts. And I think that week one loss was is a bad loss to a bad Jacksonville team. But I think it kind of threw people off that. This Colts team still is good and was favorite to win the AFC South coming into the year. Yeah, which was a head-scratcher line for me. I think their win total was like over under 9, which was questionable. But I think the reason why is we're seeing it. Their defense has been impressive so far. They have the uh, fifth-best defense in terms of DVOA. They forced six turnovers already this year. I think that bodes well for them in this matchup versus the Bears. I feel like we're due to get a win fading Nick Foles like at some point. It's it's going to have to work for us, so I'm with you here. I like the Colts minus two as a short road favorite. I think they just kind of quietly have taken care of business, and people are off their scent after uh, that bad week one loss, but I agree. This Bears team is just not as good. And I think the Tariq Cohen loss is a bigger loss than uh, people people will think. Yeah, the Colts' defense is good. They got torn up by Minshew week one, which was not a good luck. And granted, you know, they played Minshew. Minshew's not that bad. Minshew's not that bad. They played Minnesota week two, who put up a lot of points on Green Bay week one, and people think Green Bay is good. So by the transitive property, Colts' defense is pretty good. Colts have allowed the least amount of yards per game, least amount of points in the NFL. They're second in pressure rate. DeForest Buckner, that pickup's helping them. So I I, I really like the defense. Phil Rivers has been pretty pedestrian so far, but I think Jonathan Taylor will be able to run. And I saw um, the under as well might be an interesting play, even though all overs have really been hitting, it seems like, early on. Uh, the under is 5-1 in the last six games at Soldier Field. I saw my rain on Sunday here, so I think the under mm. could be interesting too. I think this is going to be a slower-paced game and Colts just kind of controlling the ball. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we're... In agreement again. So that's six six games in a row, including last week. We'll see where we're at uh, with this next one. The New Orleans Saints going into Detroit to take on the Lions. Lions are four-point home dogs over under 54.5. I mean, last week, all the all, almost all the overs in, uh, in the 1 o'clock slate, except for, I think, the Bengals one, uh, went over. So Vegas has definitely raised the number here. Uh, both teams are 1-2. Uh, the Saints took that loss on Sunday Night Football versus the Packers, and the and the Lions blew up my teaser last week versus the Cardinals, so I'm a little bitter about that. Uh, the Saints still have a couple guys that are banged up. It's At, at this point, seems unclear whether or not they're going to play, including Michael Thomas, Marcus, Marcus Davenport, Andres Pete, the offensive lineman. Tyler, I don't know. Drew Brees, uh, 
we've we've spoken about it. I think you threw this stat out there last week. His his average depth of target, um, it's not good. Four point six yards. He's the only quarterback with that number being less than six. So sorry to steal a couple stats for you there. Um, I I don't know. I don't know what this one. Lions had that terrible loss week one, so they realistically are probably better than we're giving them credit for. Um, but I'm I'm leaning Saints here in a bounce back spot because think about it, Saints got crushed on Sunday Night Football. Lions they pulled off the big win versus Arizona team. Everyone has hyped up, so I feel like you get the Saints at a better number than you normally would at four. Yeah, Michael Thomas practiced today. Alvin Kamara said he looked good out there, so hopefully he's ready enough to play. I know he's been itching to play, so I think Michael Thomas is trending towards playing, which I think really changes the way this game plays out, and I I really like the Saints minus four. And you mentioned the stat about Breeze. I feel bad because I said it last week, and then I I saw that. I saw those stats everywhere, how he's not throwing the ball downfield. So I feel like maybe I shan't. People are listening. Yeah, I shine some light onto that. I saw this stat going into last week's game, and nothing really changed. Through two games, he had only attempted two passes over 20 yards and nothing more than 30 yards. There's definitely an issue there. He can't throw the ball. And that's attempts, not completions. Yeah, attempts. Yikes. Um, There's definitely an issue there. You know, they keep forcing Taysom Hill into the game. It's the one thing that makes me nervous. He had the big fumble on Sunday night, which I think everyone <laughs> made all of us happy to see. Um, I want I want to see Jameis get in, but I do like the Saints in bounce-back spot here. They've had two tough losses in back-to-back weeks. This is a team that wants to contend in the NFC, is a Super Bowl contender, is in win-now mode because Breeze doesn't have a lot of time left. I think he's already declining. So this is a big game for them. They can't afford to drop to 1-3 because that, that really puts them in a tough spot. So I, I, I really like the Saints. They're 7-1 against the spread their last eight road games. I don't think the Lions can put up some points, but their defense is terrible. They picked off they did pick off Kyler Murray three times last week, but they still barely won the game. Um, I think Patricia's a horrible coach. I don't know how he wasn't fired last year. So I like the Saints. Getting them at four feels like a steal because I think if Michael Thomas is announced playing in a day or two, this goes up to closer to a touchdown. So getting it at four, I, re- I really like. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if – I don't know what the look-at line was uh, before – week three, but I really do think you get like two to three points of value just based on last week's results. And one last note on the Lions defense, they're allowing 172 rush yards a game. That's third most in the NFL. Alvin Kamara has been off to an incredible start. I think Breeze has looked like he's aging and a little bit over the hill, but they're just, if they just keep a steady dosage of Kamara, um, I think they definitely get the job done here with Michael Thomas. Seems like he's probably going to play. Um, so, all right, we're in agreement again. This third game, uh, my Dallas Cowboys, who I put in timeout for the week, I'll say, um, they're minus four and a half. They're favored again uh, versus the Cleveland Browns. This one's in Dallas. The over-under is 55 here. The Cowboys are off to a, a roaring start. They're 0-3 against the spread. Their first three games are 1-2 overall. They had that crazy win versus Atlanta, but largely have not looked great. Uh, and the Browns, we got on them pretty hard after week one. Uh, Stefanski had some really questionable coaching decisions with uh, the fake punt and some things like that and maybe throwing the ball too much. 
but they seem to have stabilized things a bit here, Tyler. This Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, two-headed monster, averaging 170 rush yards a game. That's third best in the NFL. Uh, are you are you taking the Cowboys here? And maybe maybe you get them at a better number than you normally would. No, I actually like the Browns in this game. I feel like this is kind of a head-to-head. I don't know who you're going to pick, but Cowboys were your pick. You gave out on the preseason pod for a win total. I gave out the Browns. I was feeling pretty down on that after week one. They've won the last two games that they needed to win, especially to hit over eight and a half. Have they looked overly impressive? Not really, but they got the wins. Um, trends aren't in their favor, as you'd think, because it's the Browns. They're 0-7 straight up, and against the spread, they're less 7 on the road. So not <laughs> But what I'm leaning on is I think the Cowboys are super over, overvalued, and they have a terrible defense. They're 31st in um, explosive pass defense, so they've given up the most second-most passes in the NFL, 15 or more yards, 7th-most total yards, 3rd-most points allowed. Um, I had one more stat that was uh, pretty bad. They're just terrible on defense. Um, we saw last. It <laughs> was that the upgrade to your model. That's that. Yeah, we saw. <laughs> we saw last week. Russell Wilson tore them off. They couldn't really do anything. Alden Smith played well, but Browns pass. Uh, the Browns' offensive line, I should say, they invested some capital in the draft and in free agency last year, and it is playing better. Um, I'm looking at an article on ESPN.com. Shout out to them. Browns remain the top 10 in the league in both pass block and run block win rates. So they're they're playing well. They're going more run heavy with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which they should. And I mentioned the stat about the Bears, you know, not leading in a ton of games. Cowboys are right there. They've they've led for only four and a half minutes so far this year, which is 30th in the league. So again, we've talked about it on the Sunday Scariest podcast. They're lucky that they even beat the Falcons and they're not 0-3, so... I really don't think the Cowboys are that good. So I like the Browns, and I think they keep it close, and they're going to be able to run all over the Cowboys. Yeah, we're we're in agreement again because so I like the Browns plus four and a half. I'd even sprinkle a little on the money line. Miles Garrett's off to an incredible start this year. Uh, he has three sacks, two forced fumbles, and leads the NFL in quarterback pressures with 19. Uh, the Cowboys are potentially with that their Pro Bowl tackle Tyron Smith in this one. You hit on it. The Cowboys defense has been miserable so far. They're allowing about thirty two points a game. And I I just this line is a little weird to me. I think it's maybe just I mean Cowboys are of course public. That's probably why I like them so much before the season, but four and a half's a lot. Feels like this should be like a three point I know the Cowboys have some fans there, but again, home field advantage, not really a thing this year. So Browns at four and a half, I like. I mean, I think the Browns have really transformed into the Kevin Stefanski Minnesota Vikings uh, format. Don't like just have Baker manage the game. They have a couple of good wide receivers over there, but just don't mess it up. Turn around, hand the ball off to Chubb and Hunt and let the defense do what they've been doing. I think they should be pleasantly surprised with the results. This this should be a game where Baker plays well, right? We talked about how bad the Cowboys' pass defense is. They should be able to run the ball pretty easily. They should set up for good opportunities for him to get some easy completions. I feel, you know, he went to Oklahoma. They had to have played in Jerry's world at some point, so I feel like he'll be comfortable there. And Stefanski was, as we said, the offensive coordinator of the Vikings last year. They played Dallas in Dallas on Sunday Night Football, and the Vikings beat them. 
Um, different coaching staff with Dallas, but their defense is significantly worse. So I think he knows how to play against them. They ran the ball for over 150 yards in that game. Kirk Cousins had a you know nice game, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. So I think he knows the recipe to play against this Dallas team. And Dallas has been the third most penalized team per game this year. Cleveland's fifth, which isn't great, but I think it just speaks to Dallas. <laughs> Dallas is so Dallas is the same team you see every year. They're undisciplined. Cleveland again, maybe not that much better, but I just I'm I'm tired of this Dallas team. I'm tired of hearing about how much Dak's gonna get, about Zeke, all of them. Um so I like getting the Browns at four and a half. I think I think like you said, they can win this game outright. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, the Cowboys are are putting time out for me after what they did last week and not not covering that one where it's just like just uh, I still don't really want it would have been a perfect week for us, six and zero. Yeah, it would have been. And one one last trend: our friend Dan at Cleach Street would vomit if we were using this seriously. Is this um, the uh, Cleach Street trend of the week? <laughs> yeah, Cleveland is ten and four against the spread. Their last fourteen games in Week Four, they they beat the Ravens last year in Week Four. That was their last road win. And the Cowboys are two and nine against the spread. Their last eleven in Week Four. So <laughs> if there's any truth to that stat, and Cleveland, I don't see how they don't uh, cover this week. But let's take a quick break, a couple words from our sponsors, and we'll talk about the rest of the slate on the other side. Counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. You know what? I'm excited to watch the 49ers make it back to the Super Bowl and get over the hump this year. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Cody, now let's move on to the next game we want to discuss. Patriots going to Kansas City. Kansas City's a seven-point favorite. The over-under is 53. The Chiefs looked incredible on Monday night. We both took them on our podcast last week. And I told you, leading up to the game, I was hearing a lot of people saying, 
the Ravens were the sharp play. They're going to be able to run on the Chiefs, control the ball. I almost drank the Kool-Aid. Luckily, I stayed off and bet the Chiefs, so I was happy to hit that. But the over not hitting in that game was an absolute disgrace. It was just cruising. It was absolutely cruising. Bucker missed the early extra point, whereas, like, it's one of those things in betting where it's like, that's definitely going to end up biting us in the ass. But, I mean, the Ravens took the kickoff to the house. It's like, okay, we're going to be fine here. The Ravens, even if the Chiefs get up big, Lamar will get his. But it never happened. And then Bucker, again, missed a field goal before the half ended, and we lost by a point. Andy Reid really stuck it to us. It's like fourth and two from the. 30 or something, and and Bucker had missed two kicks in the game. You'd think you'd get him some reps and said, I guess he wanted practice running a fourth down play. To me, it's like, why even put Mahomes at risk of potential injury? Do all of us over better as a solid. Let Bucker kick it so everyone can go home happy. He didn't do that. I'm not not thrilled about it. But yeah, this this spread here at seven is interesting to me because the Pats are two and one at this point. And I mean, they were stuffed at the goal line, right, with Cam to potentially win that game. If they do that, they're three and zero straight up and against the spread. I guess you can't can't always do that, right? But they've been impressive so far. They took care of the Raiders last week, ran the ball 38 times for 250 yards. Um, I've been impressed by what what I've seen out of them. I really didn't think we'd get this good of a performance out of Cam this year. Yeah, that was that was such a classic Patriots game because that game was pretty close for up until the third quarter. Really, the Raiders were holding holding on, and then their kicker missed it, like a pretty easy field goal, and it kind of like went sideways. But Raiders were hanging tough for a while. But have been impressed with Cam and just how they've been able to transform their offense. I mean. Brady was maybe the most immobile quarterback in the NFL the last 10 years or so. Now they have one of the most mobile, so it's incredible coaching. And, I mean, I, I did bet on the Patriots in that game, but looking back, that's like when those 2020 are like, this had to be, this was such an easy bet, especially once we saw what uh, Belichick looked like at that press conference midweek. He hadn't yeah. slept since the game uh, versus Seattle, and <laughs> he looked uh, disheveled, but I. I like the Pats a lot in this game at plus seven. It's just too many points. This is a principal game. You don't give. You don't bet against Belichick getting a touchdown like that. They've covered six straight games when they're an underdog of seven or more. Granted, that hasn't happened a lot recently. But yeah, is that dating back like fifty years? Yeah, probably. But I mean, I I just trust Belichick coaching, being able to figure out this Chiefs team a little bit. I don't think anyone's going to stop them, but maybe slow them down a little bit. Patriots should be able to get pressure on Mahomes without having the blitz. We saw the Ravens get pressure on Mahomes, but they were bringing extra guys, and Mahomes tore them up. I think Patriots are going to be able to get home not having the blitz a ton of guys and make this game close, and I think they're just going to run the ball and try to keep the ball away from Mahomes and you know, shorten the game. So I like the Patriots getting seven. I mean, Chiefs deserve a lot of love after Monday night, but I think it's fair to say they might have a little bit of a letdown too. Yeah, this is getting scary at this point. I also I also really like the Pats. Chiefs on a short week, you said it, huge win for them on Monday night. And the way the Pats play, it's kind of like a, it seems like a good recipe to at least cover, right? They're going to run the ball, minimize the amount of possessions Mahomes gets. I mean, you look at Mahomes' stats for Monday night against one of the best defenses in the NFL. He tore them apart. It was 31-42, 385, 
threw for four touchdowns, rushed for another one. I feel like that's something you kind of forget about Mahomes, how uh, how crafty he is around the pocket. He's not at Russell Wilson's level, but like he kind of can be when he needs to. Uh, he just, he just does not, doesn't have to as much. Um, and the Pets have been solid recently as a road underdog, 5-2 and two against the spread their last seven. I just think, yeah, all these factors, short week for the Chiefs, I think Belichick goes in with something to prove, um, and they're going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. So I like the Pats, a plus seven. That's uh, a few too many points, I think, um, for the Chiefs, but I guess Super Bowl champs can't knock it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely deserve the love after the way they shellacked, you know, the Ravens on Monday night. I think people going into that game thought the Ravens, you know, it's early, but have been the best team so far, and the Chiefs almost lost that game to the Chargers. Probably should have lost, but they they deserve the love they're getting. But, yeah, so this just feels like that late CBS game with Romo announcing where it's coming down to the wire, two best te- two of the best teams in the AFC. So I like the Patriots getting a touchdown. The Chiefs' run defense hasn't been great. They're 27th in the league in rush defense, a stat I know you love, rush uh, success rate. They're 30th in that, so they're getting gashed on the ground. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I went over this last week. <laughs> We're going to need a glossary. Of Take some terms. notes. So on first down, it's if the team gets 40% of the yards to go, second down 60%, third and fourth they, they convert uh, you know, for a first down. So essentially if you had a third and 25, an eight-yard run, you know, that's eight yards per carry, first and ten, sure. both of those yards per carry are the same, but it's not the same effectiveness. So it's a mean of efficiency. Uh. Um, Shout out to Warren Sharp. I, I didn't come up with that. And then also the Patriots commit the least amount of penalties. They're not going to uh, shoot themselves in the foot. They're seventh in time possession so far. So like we said, I think they're going to be able to run on the Chiefs and just keep the ball away and shorten the game and you know reduce the amount of time some homes have the ball. So I think it's going to be a close game. And you know Patriots money line is an interesting bet. Um, but let's move on to the last game we wanted to discuss. Bills at the Raiders. Raiders are plus three, over-unders 53. Um, I'm still recovering from that Bills game last week where Josh Allen nearly killed me. The over for both of these teams has hit in all their games, so it's 6-0. and oh. um, where, where are you leaning in this one, Cody? Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, Josh Allen getting... He had some preseason MVP buzz. He's lived up to it largely to this point. He's thrown for over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. He's still doing his classic Josh Allen things that will be head-scratching. Um, and you look at this Raiders team. I mean, they had the big win. They kind of just figured out a way to get the job done versus Panthers week one. Week two, big win on Monday Night Football over the Saints. Last week, they lose to the Pats and kind of faded late in that one. Their defense has not been great. They've given up about 30 a game, but that offense, they're able to, to score a lot of points with Jacobs, Aaron Waller. They have some weapons on that side of the ball. The Bills, to me, I feel like they're, it's a little bit of a letdown spot here where they have to go east coast to west. They have the big home win versus the Rams. They're 3-0, and and, I mean, they're 2-1 and one against the spread, but I, I really think... Is this Bills team really going to just keep rolling? I don't know that they're at that level. So I'm, I actually like the Raiders in this one at plus three at home. Um, I'm, I'm going to ride with them here. Okay, I was, I was going back and forth, but I'll, I'll go against you here to make it a little interesting. Um, the Bills are six and zero straight up and five one against the spread. Their last six as a favorite. 
under McDermott, they're good on the road. They're 14-9-2 against the spread. With Josh Allen as a quarterback, they're 9-3-2 against the spread. So, you know, going on the road, they're, they're pretty well coached. So I think they'll be fine in this instance. Again, no fans in a dome, too, in Las Vegas. That could help a little bit. Um, I think this will be a close game, but in the end, I think, again, Josh Allen will make plays. The Raiders' defense has been pretty terrible, and I think the Bills, yes, it could be a letdown spot, but also they blew a 25-point lead and still won the game last week, so I think that's a ton of momentum to build off of, and the defense struggled in the second half, so they'll come in motivated. And Derek Carr, you know, he played well in that Monday night game versus Saints, but I still do not believe in him. It's stink and dunk Derek Carr all game. They just try to throw underneath passes to Darren Waller, beat the Saints, but I don't think that's a recipe they're going to get, you know, to win a lot of games moving forward. So I'll go with the Bills. A close game, but Bills edge them out at the end. All right. So first time in two weeks, opposite side of the coin here. I'm with the the Raiders and uh, John Gruden, so we'll see how that one works out for me. All right, Tyler, let's get to our Monkey Knife Fight pick of the week here. Monkey Knife Fight, a new sponsor on the Full Slate Airwaves. Use promo code FULLSLATE at Monkey Knife Fight for, for a free $5 game and up to $50 first deposit match. It's a new up-and-coming DFS brand. You Basically, if you like player props, this is the platform for you. You can choose over-unders, different kind of touchdowns. They have a ton of different options and contests. The reason I like it, it's player versus the house, so your picks are right you win some money you don't have to worry about uh sharps taking your money or all those model crunchers out there like tyler um going in and, and swooping up all the money in those big contests like they do over at DraftKings and FanDuel. so definitely check them out use promo code full slate tyler i'll let you get started first here what's your monkey knife fight pick of the week so for my monkey knife fight pick of the week i'm going back to the well what I did last week was the touchdown dance uh, contest I have for games. So you pick three players and then the total amount of touchdowns over under. So I'm doing it for the Monday night game. Uh, Packers, Falcons, Dan Quinn's final swan song, perhaps. I don't know how he's still coaching. Um, I'm going to pick three players from that game to score and score over three and a half touchdowns. That pays out three Ooh, to one. You're getting greedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, I think he's going to play, subject to change if he doesn't, and Calvin <laughs> Ridley. Um, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Packers are going to put up at least 30 points. Falcons have given up the most points in the league so far this year at 36. There's no signs of slowing any offense down. And I think that team is just mentally beaten from the last two weeks. And Dan Quinn's on his last leg, so I think – Jones and Adams get into the end zone a couple times. And then Calvin Ridley also has been – he's been awesome so far this year. Uh, Julio didn't play last week, and he's just – he's been killing it so far. So I like those three guys to go over three and a half, and he's out three to one, so he gets some good value. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I'm pretty sure that's the highest total on the board this week too. I think it's like 56.5 or 57 there for that one. Um, I'm going with the touchdown sell. 
touchdown dance also, Tyler. Uh, but in the Saints-Lions game, uh, I'm going to choose Kamara, uh, Galladay, and Marvin Jones over two and a half touchdowns. Pays out one and a half on your bet. So bet 10, win 15. Uh, we saw what Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team did to the Saints secondary last week without Devontae Adams. So I like Stafford's chances at home. Uh, this Lions offense has been able to put up points this year. I see more of the same. Kamara is off to an electric start. I mentioned it earlier. The Lions' rush defense is allowing 170 yards from scrimmage. Michael Thomas seems like he's going to be back, but if he's not 100%, I think you can expect for them to rely on Kamara even more. So you just need three touchdowns between those guys. So I like I like that pick a lot there. And again, promo code full slate at Monkey Knife Fight. Tyler, lastly, let's get to our lock of the week here. Uh, we're both two and one, sitting pretty, feeling good about things. Um, you wanna you wanna get started, or you want me to? I'll go first. Um, and you made me a little nervous with your Monkey Knife Fight pick um, because. I'm going with the Saints, minus four versus the Lions. You mentioned the Saints defense got torn up last week versus Aaron Rodgers, which it did, so that makes me a little nervous. But I love the Saints this week. I think this is a a big game for them. Like I said earlier, can't go one and three in the NFC. There's too many good teams. They need to get this game. And Breeze has looked washed, but I think if he could get it going versus any defense, the Lions is a great one to pick. He's truly washed, then he'll play terrible, but I don't think he's there yet. Um, Like you said, yeah, the Lions have given up the third most rushing yards, and the Saints, going back to my stat, uh, are the third best rushing success team. Kamara and Latavius Murray have been good this year, but they're only 25th in rush attempts per game in the NFL. Feed those guys the ball, go more run heavy, get it out of Breeze's hands. You're playing a terrible Lions run defense. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You'll have good success. That'll help set up some easier passes for Breeze. So I, I, I really like the Saints minus four. Also, as I said, if Michael Thomas and a couple of those other guys end up playing, I think this gets up closer to touchdown. So at four, I love that. I've already bet it. Um, so I love the Saints this week. I think this is a great bounce back spot for them. And are they the same team they've been the, couple, the last couple of years where they've been either one the best or the best team in the NFC? I don't think so, but they're still a quality playoff team. I think people have cooled off on them given the last couple of weeks, but I love them uh, this week versus the Lions. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't make it my lock of the week personally, but I, I do like the Saints this week. Um, I would be a little nervous about the late Stafford touchdown, but I like the pick. I, like, I think at one and two, you get value, as, as we said, and Lions coming in off the victory. Um I'm going to a game we just recently spoke about here, Bills Raiders. I'm taking the over. Uh, I was I was doing some research last night, Tyler. This was 52 and a half. Now the totals climbed up to 53. So you know what that means. The public is betting on this. And you know what? I'm a square. I'm taking it also. I love the over. You mentioned it briefly. The overs hit for both of these teams in all their games to date. Josh Allen's off to an incredible start. The Raiders' defense has been atrocious, giving up 30 a game. The Bills' offense has been a wagon, averaging 31. And also... The Bills' defense was hyped up to be kind of a top-five defense in the NFL. Week two, Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to move the ball on these guys. We saw what happened last week versus the Rams with them putting up big numbers. Um, and the last six meetings between these teams, Tyler, the over 6-0 and with an average of 56 points, uh, were the starting quarterbacks always uh, Carr and uh, Josh Allen? 
Probably not. But I'm taking it. I'm riding with it. I'm taking the over here in Bills Raiders. Give me points in Vegas. Uh, it seems like the weather is going to be good out there, so I like the over 53. Yeah, I, l- I like the pick, and you're not going to do wrong betting overs. Obviously, m- we've mentioned the stat with both of these teams so far this year, and through three weeks, overs are 29 and 19, hitting at 60%. I don't know if we're due for a correction at some point. I'm sure we are, but I think this isn't the game for it. Um, Buffalo's offense has been great. I'll give you another stat I know you love. Um, Buffalo has been has had the second most explosive pass plays in the league, so <laughs> – Last year, they were kind of like a ball control team running, not asking Josh Allen to do a ton. They've kind of flipped the script this year, bringing in Stefan Diggs, um, a couple of those other guys, another year in the system. So I like it. I think there will be a lot of points in this game. Um, so, yeah, I like the pick. Yeah, I think the Bills are, you mentioned, the explosive plays. And Josh Allen, he has done a good job of taking care of the ball so far. Um but he also is not above throwing, like, say, two pick sixes in this game, and then we're looking at a, a, a Raiders team that quickly has, like, 24 points midway through the third quarter. So I, I love the over in that one, uh, the first total um, for for either of us in the lock of the week. That just is not true. Um, true, and it's not. You had, you had, you had that. Uh, I forgot about your your little nonsense, uh, Leonard Fournette scamper for for your win. Um, this, this Bills Raiders game is a uh, Chris Berman special for him. Bills and the Raiders. That'll be uh, great to hear him give the highlights after on prime time. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Booger being on prime time now? I think it's great. Um, I think it's a promotion for him. <laughs> Probably. I mean, some people would say getting off Monday Night Football would be a demotion, but I said it last week. I felt it on Monday night. You know, the new crew is good. Uh, Steve Levy's a good play-by-play guy. Louis Riddick and Greasy are nice uh, commentators, and it's a solid crew, but I, I miss the chaos of having Joe Tessitore and Booger, Joe Tessitore, Jason Witten and Booger. Joe, I, f- I forgot Jason Witten did Monday Night Football. That was a, That feels like years ago. Um, John Gruden going back. We had so much entertainment over the last 10, 15 years on Monday night. Not the best for breaking down the game of football, but just from an entertainment standpoint, I miss them. And with a lot of these games not having fans, I mean, we we need Booger in the booth more than ever. So it's great to have him and Boomer together, but I I, I miss him uh, every Monday night. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point on the uh, Chris Berman special. Um. I'm sorry for disrespecting you over there, but uh, yeah, so I think that wraps it up, Tyler. We'll, we will be back Sunday evening to recap our picks in the week that was, uh, so listen in and, and go play Monkey Knife Fight. <laughs> <laughs>